Hola, compañeros. It's time for the Spaghetti Westerns podcast with your hosts, Senor J. Jennings e Tom Betts. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Once Upon a Time in Spaghetti Westerns podcast. I'm your host, Jay Jennings, Spaghetti Westerns collector, films, uh, memorabilia, museum pieces, you name it. And always, the great Tom Betts is here to join us. Tom, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Jay. How you doing? Tom, last week we celebrated who? Dean, Dean Reed? Reed? Yeah. Anyway, we got some both positive and negatives from it. But anyway, all I can say is we enjoy his films. So, Tom, who are we talking about this week? Uh, the great Guy Madison. Guy Madison. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a fan. Uh, there he is right there. You always have a t-shirt for everybody, Tom. Uh, we want to welcome you who are watching uh, live on Facebook and uh, YouTube. And also this will be archived on both of those platforms as well as on Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes or Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. They're all one and the same. They reach the same audience. So Tom, uh, Guy Madison, uh, we remember him for a lot of great roles. He started off as Wild Bill Hillcock on TV, uh, of course. But uh, he had a nice little spaghetti western career. And I guess first, before we get to uh, telling you about him, what do you? Uh, what's your favorite film of his? Oh, of course, <coughs> Reverend Colt, of course. Oh yeah, okay. Was, at least we agree on that one, Tom. <laughs> so anyway, uh, no Reverend Colt, his last great spaghetti western film, and. Um, uh, which is odd that you, it would become so late in a career. But I'll first read about a little about his uh, how he started off, and or basically his he was born Robert Ozil Mosley in uh, Pumpkin Center, California. Tom, where did I tell you that was? Where is that? South of Bakersfield. Oh, okay. And for those uh, who people don't know where Bakersfield is, it's, it's about a hundred miles right, north Tom? of L.A. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little cruise. Born January 19th, 1922, also known as G. Madison Tom. Uh, he died, unfortunately, in 1996 of emphysema in Palm Springs, a favorite to a lot of the Spaghetti Western stars go, either that or back to Italy. Uh, of course, film, radio, TV, actor, um, brother of, uh, of actor Wayne Mallory, Tom. Yep, he brought his brother along. He was in some of the American... TV series that Guy, uh, Wild Bill Hickok, and some other television series, but he didn't have a big career. I'm surprised that he didn't take him over to Italy with him. But uh, that would have been not. fun. That would be interesting. The Madison Brothers, Tom. Yeah, the Madison Brothers. So uh, kind of like the the Volantes. <laughs> so uh, he had an uncle in the business, cinematographer, cameraman Chris Mosley. Uh, he was mailed to uh, married to Gail Russell, another actress. Um, and Sheila Connolly, and they both, they had kids, of course, Bridget Madison, Aaron Madison, Dolly Madison, <laughs> <laughs> Dolly, yeah. right? Uh, Robert Madison, Maria Ter Teresa. Uh, well, with Maria Teresa was the mother, and uh, anyway, so he married quite a few women. Handsome debonair guy, so it's not it's not surprising. He made about I don't know about eight spaghetti westerns, Tom. Yeah, I was. Uh, Guy's one of those has one of those faces that even when you see him in Reverend Colt, he still looks pretty young, and he had to be in his sixties then. 
or late 50s. So he always had that uh, handsome, young-looking face. If they'd have dyed his hair, he'd look the same as he did playing Wild Bill Hickok. Yeah, so we're going to talk about his films, uh, his biography and the films that he made. But first, Tom's going to give us a little background and how he got started and how he was discovered. Well, he was discovered by an agent by the name of Henry Wilson. Uh, and Henry Wilson was an agent that changed people's names. He came up with Tab Hunter, Rock Hudson, all those type of names during that period of time. So he changed uh, uh, Robert Mosley's name to Guy Madison. I mean, yeah, that's what he did. And it, it, yeah. it stuck nicely, Tom. Rory Calhoun was another one who was a good friend of John guys. Wayne. It just changed those names to make him more popular on the screen. Right. Uh, Madison was still in the Navy at that time, but uh, he had him do uh, layouts and Photoshop, photo shoots and stuff like that during his uh, time away from, uh, you know, his off time. And then uh, he put him in a, um, a film called Since You Went Away in 1944. And it's very small role, but the studio received tons of fan mail. Who is this Guy Madison character? Sort of like Ed Burns, that type of thing from the uh, 60s when he played Kooky. Right. So, but, Tom, uh, some, some of these Spaghetti Western stars were already rugged to begin with, with the five o'clock shadow, yep. while others had, a, had matinee idol looks, clean cut Alan Ladd. Yep. He's like a tall Alan Ladd, Tom. Yeah, exactly. And Very that's right. Clean so, shaven you know, all the time. And it, right place, right time. You get recommended by an agent or a manager. And then, of course, you know, Wild Bill Hickok put him on the map. Yeah, the guy was smart like uh, William Boyd. William Boyd took all the Hopalong Cassidy films that he was in and got the copyrights for him and then used that character on early TV. Well, Guy followed in his footsteps and he produced the uh, Wild Bill Hickok series which ran for, what, eight years, 51 to 58. So he was one of the pioneers of uh, TV Westerns, and along with Andy Devine, who played Jingles, they had quite yeah, a career Andy there Devine. for a decade. Tom, hey, Andy Devine. Well, they're away from me. They call me, I'm Grimsby. <laughs> Remember from the Twilight Zone, Tom? Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, you can see he already had the debonair looks. Uh, he made... Um, of course, uh, he moved on, I guess with, uh, he was a part of the Selznick players, right, Tom? Yeah. And I think what happened was once the TV series ended, he didn't have a career in films because he had spent all his time on TV. So at that time, the opportunity was to go to Europe and, uh, he had just gotten divorced from, uh, Sheila Connolly in 64, it was close to being, I guess they were separated. So let's show he him here. Here, let's show him a second. This is what this was made him a star right there. That's Wild Bill Hickok. Yep. So, I mean, look at that. It's Saturday morning matinee idol looks, seven years on, on television, Tom, or something. Yeah, get up and what? He was uh, sponsored by Kellogg's Corn Pops. So, we, as a kid, we'd get up and eat our corn pops and watch Wild Bill Hickok. Right. I mean, this Saturday is what morning. you did. And of course, instead yeah. of just becoming Hugh Beaumont or uh, somebody else, yeah. he decided he's going to go to Italy and start a career there, Tom. That's, they're all led there in some different path and some different reasoning, Tom. Well, the other thing that helped him, Jay, was the fact that they took several of the Wild Bill Hickok <clears throat> episodes and p 
spliced them together and made films. Yeah, monogram. Those films, yeah, those films were released in Italy. So they knew who he was before he ever went over there. So think about you had the promotion because monogram and some of those poverty row uh sam spiegel i think it was and some other people uh, gene yarborough and the directors who worked at prc and they made all these george zucco um low budget horror films they also dabbled in b westerns tom yep. so of course they saw an opportunity to chop up the episode uh, put put them to edit them together into films yep and send them off to like italy so they're prepared for this spaghetti oh here he comes yeah, but, so these uh, names were not were not uh, new to them. They knew who these people were. He was a worldwide name. Guy Madison, you knew yep. in his time period. Correct. Very interesting how he would choose an American from an American career successful in, in westerns and then go to Italy soon as the spaghetti western era was starting. Tom. Yeah, because when he first went over there in 1960, the spaghetti westerns hadn't really kicked in. No. So he he appeared in uh, sword and sandal films, uh, spy films, whatever he could. Uh, you know, get a get a role in. He was actually in one of the early. We'll talk about it. Uh, German westerns or Winnetou westerns. So he started there and then went to start him in the spaghetti westerns. Oh, he went. Tom. He is in. I think. Yeah, one of the first or second uh, spaghetti westerns. One of the Carl May movies. Tom. Um, old Shatterhand. Old Shatterhand. Yep. And uh, it's actually, as I said, I did a reassessment of these. There's about six or seven of the Carl May German Spaghetti Westerns because I got a hold of some Blu-ray prints, Tom. They look gorgeous, beautiful, technicolor, so I cut it some slack. Um, Story-wise, whatever, that's, that's cool. I mean, there's some, you're going to see Terrence Hill and uh, Anthony uh, Stefan. Walter Barnes is in a bunch. You're going to see, that's what you get to see, the forerunner. A lot of them cut their teeth in a Carl May Western, Tom. Yep, Mariana Koch is in German Westerns. I mean, Sieghart Rupp. I mean, you see a bunch of people that became spaghetti stars. Right. And and you have to watch him, Jay, as a 13-year-old going to the theater on a Saturday afternoon and watching a Western. That's what they look like to me. No, he was the, either, the, either the John Wayne or the Fess Parker, Tom, of... Uh, of German spaghetti westerns is a mixture of Daniel Boone and John Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I always. That's why I put the. <laughs> I put it as. But anyway, Tom, uh, is you know prevent peace treaty from returning valuable grazing land to the Apache settlers stage ambushes, Tom, and they put the blame on who else? Winnetou, Tom. Of course. <laughs> no, the great the Indians, right? The great Pierre Bryce. Maybe that's a, a show in itself, right, Tom? Mm-hmm. Maybe season two will do the spaghetti westerns <laughs> of Pierre Bryce, Tom. So anyway, uh, only a young boy knows that the killings, including of his own parents, were actually done by ruthless land grabbers hoping to start a war between the Indians and the settlers. So it's the same old story, Tom. But the, instead of Daniel Boone or John Wayne involved, it's. Uh, it's old, old shatter yeah so lex the great lex barker whose name is synonymous with the, the german spaghetti western he's the adapted brother adopted brother tom Ooh, what a coincidence of the apache mm-hmm. chief you go find him Shatterhand. see what problem <laughs> is tries to clear everybody's name uh it's 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 guy's first euro uh appearance who does he play tom he plays uh was it colonel blakely no it's colonel 
Brad, Captain Bradley, I'm sorry. Captain Bradley, and, and he, he doesn't like a, Apaches, he, Tom. He plays a subservient role in this until the colonel who's in charge of the fort is called back east, and then he hands the reins over to Captain Bradley. Well, Captain Bradley is an Indian hater, so he's not going to believe anything this little kid says or anything that Shatterhand or Winnetou bring to him that it's not the Indians' fault. So he stands in the way again of making peace with the Indians. Look at this snide look, Tom. Yep. It's like, I ain't going to let you work with these Apaches. <laughs> so anyway, it's a good film. Because as I said, I actually, if you're going to watch a Winnetou movie, you have to watch them all. And then you can appreciate them. Uh, kind of as a, it's like a small German TV series, Tom. Correct. But uh, uh, the as I said, about, the locations are what makes it. Acting is so, thing, so... The other thing about this one... Jay, we forgot to mention that um, when Guy was growing up, basically in Pumpkin Center, he wasn't far from the Sierra Nevada mountains. So he used to do a lot of hunting, hiking as a kid, and he became an expert bowman. So in the movie, they took advantage of that. And there's a scene where they have a shooting contest. And he actually does the shooting for the Indian that's photographed because he was a better shot than anybody they could find on the set. Right. Yeah, that's great uh, trivia, Tom, that he was he was a known, skillful archer. And if you look closely, if you freeze frame it, you might see it's him actually shooting the bow and arrow in this movie, right. Tom. So great film. He, then he goes on to another. Well, great, great. It's a good film. Sorry. Sometimes I get carried away. Then comes another good early film, Gunman of the Rio Grande, Tom. Right. One yeah. from the other. Uh, and this one, he's playing legendary Wyatt Earp. Exactly. And this is more of American style. This, so he fits right in on this. It would be easy for him to act in this because the storyline is much like American movie. And it's about, uh, he plays, he, he's disguised himself as a guy named Laramie who rides to the town of Rio Bravo to help Jenny Lee, played by Madeline LeBeau, who's a woman saloon owner, uh, who's fighting against the town villain Zach, the snake Williams, played by Gerard Tichy, and to save a mine owner from robbery by outlaw Pancho Bogan and his gang. So Wyatt Earp is a freelance gunfighter here. And it's it's got it's full of Spanish and uh, character actors that we see later, as you can see in the poster. Who's the guy in the top right? Fernando Sancho. Yep. Right. Which so we've covered this a bit before with yeah. This is a end. film we've we've. I will say this much: as far as early spaghetti westerns are done, it's very. Uh, it's kind of a John Fordish Tom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you want to go that far, it is an early version, but it looks nice. It looks like a Hollywood western, but done with a tinge of the Euro, Tom. Yeah, there's elements in here that are very uh, European. And it was, like I said, it was easy for him to act in because it was American-type uh, Western that he was used to making. Yeah, here is a great shot from it right here, Tom. But you see, yep. he, had, he had that um, Alan Ladd, uh, kind of Lloyd Bridges, you know, handsome guy who, you know, knew how to star in him. He actually could have made more, did. actually starred in more, I thought. Um, yeah, well, he didn't change his appearance in this to be Wyatt Earp. He, that's why they used the name 
Laramie. So once he gets to town, you're not thinking Wyatt Earp. You're thinking Guy Madison. Right. Uh, yeah. So Madeline LeBeau played Bogart's girlfriend in Casablanca, Tom. Yep. She's uh, one of the main stars in this Plays The saloon owner, Jenny Lee, who's a friend of uh, Wyatt Earp and sends for him to help her out. But she just died like a year or two ago. She was like a hundred. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. I couldn't believe that she was still around, but yeah. So let's move on, Tom, down the, uh, the films of Guy Madison, who made, as I said, about eight, eight of them. And that's good enough for us. There's some, they are considered cult films. If you look at them all one through eight, the last one, of course, is an instant cult film, Reverendo Cult. Right, Tom? That's correct. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite spaghetti westerns. Top 25, Tom. I think I've mentioned that on an earlier show. But anyway, um, next is... is uh, oh, next he, he made another, I guess, uh, Carl May film. Tom said, should we include this? I go, mine as well. Uh, well Legacy of the Incas, Tom. Another well-shot yeah, movie. Beautiful yeah, photography. It's a, it's I'm, a always hard, I'm always highlighting that because, you know, whatever. It's just, it's not a... To me, it doesn't have the action packed of, you know, of a real spaghetti western. But you know, I've come along. I appreciate what they are. So let's just say I enjoy the photography. So at least I could watch them. Yeah. Uh, Legacy of the Incas, Tom. What's that, that about? Uh, I've seen so it maybe South once. American, South American movie. That's why I didn't include it in here because we got to draw the line someplace. But he he gets involved in re, re uh, storing the true. Um, chief of the Incas to his rightful position. So they send him down there along with some other treasure hunters or whatever to uh, help out in this revolt. So it's a, it's a Carl May film. He's the writer. So it was adapted from one of his stories. But again, it's not uh, a Western like you and I would think of. Is that something we would watch, Tom? Well, you can watch it, but I mean, it's not taking, doesn't take place in the, it takes place in the Andes. So you get to see, meet you, meet you, As I said, I've that. seen it once. Yeah. I don't remember are there any, any spaghetti Western elements or. Um... No, not really. Oh, okay. Like I said, it's, it's Carl May. So it looks more like a winter two film. It replaced the Apaches with the Incas. There's he's, where... got, he's got oh, his I'm Clint sorry, version. There's an element. He's got a poncho on. I I'm know, sorry. like Clint. <laughs> Before Clint, right, Tom? Before Clint, yeah. Uh huh. That's great. No, it's like Alan Ladd with well, a poncho. Yeah, it was made in '65, so it would have been a year after uh, Fistful, but I oh, don't think. Oh, that's right. That, okay, though maybe they were. Okay, let's take that back. Maybe he was trying to do his Clint, Tom. <laughs> maybe, yeah. So that's the guy with no name, Tom. <laughs> the guy. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on to the next spaghetti western. I guess a real one, Five for Revenge, Tom. Yep, Five Giants from Texas is what I call it. This is a, this is a hidden little gem as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you, you and I both think Reverend Colt is his best film. This is probably right up there. And this is sort of a Magnificent Seven uh, revenge-type story. Um, Jim Lattimore's ranch is a, is a thorn in the side of the ruthless Gonzalez brothers. And his marriage to their cousin, Rosaria, played by Monica Randall, rankles even more, them even more. Bandit chief El Matanza, played by Antonio Molino Rojo, 
is hired to rid them of Lattimore and his baby sons taken to be raised as Gonzalez. Three years later, five of the Lattimore's friends, led by John Lattimore, played by Guy Madison, who's his, Jim's brother, arrive to reclaim the boy, replace Rosario in her home, and avenge their murdered compadre. So this one is uh, pretty hardcore once it gets going. Uh, like typical Magnificent Seven, it has to lead up to where he gets the, the group together, and they're all friends of uh, his brother Jim, but they all go down and uh, and set things right. And it, it's it's pretty uh, a lot of gunfighting in it, and he's pretty brutal a couple of times in this. Well, he 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 he, he keeps seeking that revenge up until the end, Tom. Yeah, as he's because he's seen what he's what the men the Gonzalez brothers have done to his sister-in-law, and they've kidnapped her son and all that kind of stuff. So he's pretty. Uh, PO'd by the time he, he gets there. <laughs> well, we like to see a guy a little bit angry as opposed to passive. And this one's on DVD, so if you get a chance, seek it out. Oh, okay. Uh, then uh, after that, Tom, uh, I'm trying to find a file. After that, he made, um, oh, Payment in Blood, which we all remember as a kid, yep. uh, the poster. And, this may uh, be the one that uh, most people have seen or are familiar with because it was shown here in the in the states with Ed Burns uh, soon after any gun can play professionals for a massacre. It was done in '67. It's Italian, also known as Blake's Marauders, the final defeat in the UK, Renegade Riders. So it has several names that you might see it pop up on video or DVD. And Guy Madison's in it, Ed Burns, Thomas Moore, who's Ennio Girolami, uh, Louise Barrett. And uh, this one's uh, not bad. It's a little bit of a any gun can play again type of film. Chimaco, played by Ennio Girolami, finds himself on the wrong end of a firing squad after tracking an ex-Confederate to interrogate him about General Beauregard's missing gold. He's saved by a stranger who calls himself Stuart. Uh, played by Ed Burns. Stewart claims to know the location of Beauregard's strongbox, and so Chamaco takes him to Blake's camp. After a sort of initiation by the gang, Stewart leads Blake's men back across the border to Durango to retrieve the gold and into a trap with the help of female Pickerton agent Manuela, played by Louisa Barrett. This is one of those thoughts I remember the most about this, Jay's in the very beginning of the film, they show each one of Guy Madison's um, henchmen and they're raiding ranches and they're burning places down and stealing horses and cattle. And all you see is Guy Madison circled in the background saying, kill them, kill them, kill them all. <laughs> Completely gone crazy. Oh, that's but, great. Uh, a great beginning to a spaghetti western. I'm going to have to rewatch that, Tom, just for yeah. that scene alone. Yep. Just the beginning credits. Right, so payment and blood. I saw, they used to show it actually a lot on KTLA Channel Five, Tom, yep. right. which was a local station out in LA. Every so often, tonight, Kooky Burns in payment <laughs> in blood, and you didn't know what, what to expect, but it was a spaghetti western. But you know, you're five, six years old. Like, what's this? No, I remember that as a title growing up. Yep. Always being in the TV guide. So who knew it was a spaghetti western till I got older? But anyway. 
yeah, Cookie Burns was in that, who was on a, a hot streak at, at that point. And um, and so next, I guess he made well, an be, real, real quick on this one. Yeah. Madison and Burns didn't get along very well. Oh. And it, it wasn't a personality conflict. Um, when Tim Ferrani interviewed uh, Guy Madison, Guy said that the problem was that Burns and Madison had different fighting skills. And so when they would ever do a fight, um, Ed didn't know how to throw a punch. So a lot of times he'd hit Guy, and Guy just got tired of it. And finally, <laughs> during one of the brawls, he just punched him in the mouth and knocked him out. Wow. And that's very apropos for the, for the next film's title, Tom. Uh, this one has Tom Bosley from Happy Days, Tom. Oh, God. Isn't this one of your favorites? It is. Well, one of my favorite lobby cards. But anyway, yeah. the Bang Bang Kid, Tom. Yeah, I think this one, Guy made it just for the bucks. No, the, they, but to know that Mr. C from Happy Days yeah. is, you know. Is that a surprise? Yeah. Because look, oh, they do show him, I guess, next to Guy Madison. The logo's covering his name up. But at that time, we didn't know who the hell Tom Bosley oh, was. Oh, of course not. Yeah. I think he was but, in that in one uh, Love American Style episode. Yeah, right. I think the uh, producer... Sydney Pink says it all, so you know what type of film this is going to be. Sydney Pink. Sydney Pink, yep. Terrible film. Anyways, it's about Bear Bullock, played by Madison, who's a feudal baron in the Wild West. No one is willing to stand up to him. No one, that is, except mild-mannered inventor Meriwether P. Newberry, played by Bosley. It seems that Newberry has invented a robot gunslinger whom he calls the Bang Bang Kid. Only trouble is the kid breaks down at the damnedest times. So I think Guy Madison's, all his um, scenes were shot separately. I don't remember him being involved with the other actors in any of his scenes, maybe in one at the very end when he gets on the stagecoach and leaves town. But uh, I think they just shot him in a day or two in this castle, and then they edited it into the rest of the film. Well, yeah, because he's alone most of the time. Tom. Yeah, the best scenes are in the very beginning when the town's trying trying to hire gunmen to come in and uh, and go up against his his uh, henchmen. So they each take turns coming in. You get to see Rick Boyd and some well, of the. It's got a bunch Western of Spanish actors. character actors in this town. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. <clears throat> uh, Dianic Zurakowski, who is a blonde, and she's been in a ton of spaghetti westerns. Uh, Ricardo Gironi plays Killer Kissick, who's Guy Madison's right-hand gunman. But uh, there's a bunch of the bunch of the people that you'll recognize in this film. Right. But it's yeah, a it's not it's, a it's not bad. British actually. comedy type of thing. Well, uh, it's, it, yeah. Well, uh, you, you call it a clunker, uh, right, Tom? Yeah, I do. I, I wouldn't say it's that bad, but that's okay. If you see it, you see it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's nothing that I would set my set my DVDR for to, to tape and watch the next day. If it comes on, it comes on. Or if you got nothing else to watch, you know. All right. Now, what about Son of Django, though, Tom? Yeah. Now, this one is right up there with uh, Reverend Colt. Plays basically the same type of character. Uh, Vengeance is a Colt forty-five is another title. That uh, was done in sixty-seven. <clears throat> And it's uh, directed by Osvaldo Civerani. And basically, it's the son of Django, played by G Gabriel Tinti, 
searching for the murder of his father and is thereby involved in a war between two factions headed by former acquaintances of his famous parent. All the time he is counseled by Father Fleming, played by Madison, to stop his vengeful life. So it's a precursor to Reverend Colt. Oh, yeah. And, uh, right, he plays a, a father figure, former friend of the Django character. Um, yeah, and I mean, basically, yeah, basically, Reverend Colt, this could have been the sequel, but as a precursor yeah, to I'm show surprised you how he we, started. I'm surprised we talked about before why Reverend Colt wasn't uh, continued on as a character. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes you never know. Yep. Well, other characters have, have six or seven movies. But anyway, so after The Son of Django, Tom, what did he make? Well, then we've got This Man Can't Die. Oh, that's right. And this one I keep asking. It's got a fantastic uh, main main song. And I've got the CD, and even in the film, they do not credit who the uh, singer is. Well, he's either... Canadian or he's 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 American because this he's got man. no accent, and it's just a fantastic uh, song. the th The whole score is very good, and I learned researching this that director Gianfranco Baldinello was good friends with uh, with Sergio, and he took a lot of stuff from Sergio to make this movie. But the the big key is uh, Amadeo Tomasi. This is his only uh, score for a uh, Euro Western, and he was even better friends with Morricone. And if you watch the film, there's one scene where Madison, in the beginning of the film, is riding through a valley, and you hear in the background a track from Fistful of Dollars. <laughs> and I'm always going, "What? Where did that come from?" Well, apparently Lee, Morricone let him use a track from Fistful of Dollars to fill in that one scene. That is I don't so know cool. If it, if it was filled in later to extend, you know, time for to make it a, an official full-length movie or what. But uh, that, that one always stumped me until I found out that Tomasi and Morricone. It's like Eastwood uh, shooting shooting the, the, the saloon floor and still killing the guy, Tom. Yeah, it's just a stumper. Anyways, Martin Benson, played by Madison, is a government agent who's trying to find the brains behind a gun-running gang, illegally supplying Indians with guns and ammunition. His family's ranch is attacked, his parents are killed, his sister Jenny is raped, and his other brother and sister take refuge in a cave. One of the attackers, Tony Guy, played by Peter Martell, has been wounded, and Benson must keep him alive to find out who the gang leader is. Um, you can basically f find out who the gang leader is if you pay attention to the very beginning of the film. Mm. Uh, it all pans out, but uh, Peter Martell is basically wasted in this film because he ends up lying in a on a poncho or a rug in a cave basically dying through most of the film so you don't get much out of him and right. then the other surprise jay yeah. is madison's voice is dubbed in this oh that's I mean, right the other Why ones was that, I've seen, i don't know i i don't know if he had time to do the, the dubbing or what was going on but the other films I've seen he's gets his real voice, but this one he's dubbed in, so I don't. Maybe know. Maybe it was dubbed by Brett Halsey, Tom. Yeah, it could, it could be. <laughs> but anyway, uh, still a, a a good film that leads up to the final spaghetti western film of a guy Madison. And it's his best one, 
And it's Reverend Colt, Tom. Yeah, and a question came up this week on Facebook when we talked about Guy Madison. That under the direction, this is a 1970 Italian-Spanish co-production, the directors are listed as Leon Klamovsky and Marino Girolami. Well, Marino is Enzo's father. And again, researching this, I think they used Leon Klamovsky as a tax write-off. I don't think he had anything to do with the well, he does wolf, he does Spanish werewolf movies, Tom. Yeah, he was known in Spain as a horror director, but they did use him for a name for credit. So I don't think he had anything to do with the direction of the film. Anyways, this is about Reverend Colt Miller, played by Madison, who arrives in Tucson, where he wants to build a church. But on the very day of his arrival, a gang carries out a raid on the bank, and the people of Tucson, who are suspicious of the new reverend, because he carries a gun and immediate blame him for the robbery. Sheriff Donovan, played by Richard Harrison, saves him from lynching by putting him in jail. Then he asks the priest to find the gang and the booty, so Miller becomes the Reverend Colt Miller and proves proves his innocence during a siege and protects a caravan of pioneers from a gang of thugs evaporating any mistrust against him with his heroic behavior. So it's uh, Harrison starts off in the beginning as like the lead actor, and then it quickly switches over to uh, Guy Madison. Right, and has they that became great, pretty good friends. Right, from this has film. that great opening scene. Tom, uh, he sees the random death of a baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that changes his whole attitude. So it's kind of like a requiescent Tom. Yep. Bible falls in his hand. The gun falls in his hand. Kind of similar, I thought, at the time. One starred a leading man, the other a short guy. Yeah, yep. So, but I, that would make a good good double bill, though. Reverend Colt and Requiescent, Tom. That one, or triple bill with uh, Son of Django. Oh, okay. Now, how about a quadruple bill with quadruple uh, bill, yeah. Django's <laughs> Cut Price Corpses, Tom? <laughs> there we go. Anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah, this Colt. Is, and this was, this was his yeah. last Western. So, why did it end? I don't know. Right. And uh, basically, uh, also, there's good there's exceptional skills. What does he do, Tom, with his gun? Oh, what? You, what you, is cool? You, you remind me. He shoots people's hats off, Tom. Oh, that's right. He can't, he can't shoot them and kill them anymore. He just shoots their hats off. Right. And, and he shoots their guns back in their pistols, Tom. <laughs> but he never kills, Tom. Never kills, yep. Which was depressing because I actually I like to see a good, good shoot him up, but it's more of a psychological horror film, Tom. Yeah. Uh, a spaghetti western. It's more of a psychological. You know, it's like he. It's like High Noon. Yeah. You know, do we use the gun? Great. Do you not use the gun? Yep, he looks great in it. Great hat, great outfit. Colonel Mortimer type of outfit. Yeah. True. He is in a lot of iconic, I mean, he's in a lot of goofy stuff, too. Like they all did, like Tab Hunter, and, you know, they all wear the, you know, goofy young person's Western garb. But Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. they dress like that, that's pretty cool. You know, it's unique. It's like, okay, it's like somebody else, but it's their own look. Right. And that's what you remember. So, but Reverend Colt, I call it Reverendo Colt, Tom. I think because I have a Spanish one one sheet for that. Do you? Yep. But great, um, 
great slew of work just for even though he did you know other Italian films and stuff but just those eight alone are they're fun and if you if you have them or you don't, if they're maybe on YouTube you can find them on Blu-ray or regular or DVD yep but and that after, after that film he came back to the states he didn't do much um he'd pop up in a cameo appearance here and there he's in one of the Kenny Rogers gambler movies okay and stuff like that so every once in a while you'd see him I know he went and did a uh, an Ivanhoe movie or something like that with a bunch of uh, spaghetti western American actors, Woody Strode and people like that that Rob Ward produced, but it never never made it, never was released over here. And he, and he died in Palm Springs, Tom. Well, yeah, he traveled back and forth, and I remember reading an article in the Orange County Register that he had a flat tire on one of the um, freeways in Orange County. And while he was changing the tire, he was hit by a car and dragged underneath it. Wow. And, I mean, he was not seriously, seriously, seriously injured, but apparently the car slowed down and it, it did hit him. And I guess that helped along uh, his demise because he never really recovered from the chest injuries uh, from that. It was only like two years later he passed away. So anyway, Tom, now it's time for a... Uh a segment that everybody deeply anticipates that we wait with with bated breath every week where Tom tells us the obits, what's coming out, whose birthday it is in the Spaghetti Western world. So I, I present to all of you the weekly news. All right, weekly news. New German DVD release. Drei Nonen auf dem Weg zur Halle, which is for a book of dollars. It's a comedy western, so beware. It's directed by Mario Bianchi, starring Lincoln Tate, Luigi Bonos, Gabriella Faranon, was released on April 16th from Banker Films slash Cargo Records. It's in Region 2, PAL. It's in German language with a running time of 80 minutes. So that's available now. Also, in passings, we have American Maverick director Monty Hellman died in Palm Springs, California, in a hospital on April 20th after a fall in his home. He was 91. Hellman directed such films as Tulane Blacktop, The Shooting, Road to Nowhere. Uh, he was born in Brooklyn, New York on July 12th, 1932. And he was an executive producer of Quentin Tarantino's 1992 Reservoir Dogs. He was also a directing teacher at California Institute of the Arts. Monty directed the European Western China Nine, Liberty 37, 37 starring Warren Oates, Jenny Aguder, Fabio Testi. Also in 1978, he was the director of the 1977, I'm sorry. In 1977, he was the director of the CBS Prologue for a fistful, fistful of dollars. Um, I saw that recently on YouTube, so if you want to take a look at that, it's there. Um, they had to get somebody to do a prologue for the film because they didn't think it was kosher to put it on TV that a mercenary was fighting for himself and didn't have a cause to go down to Mexico, so they had to lighten it up a bit. Also, German film, TV, and voice actor Thomas Fritsch died in a senior citizens facility in Berlin, Germany on April 21st. He was 77. Fritsch was born on January 16, 1944 in Dresden, Germany, but fled to Hamburg with his family as a toddler. 
He attended drama school, graduating with a degree where he trained as an actor. He was discovered for film while still at school. Das Schwartz White wrote Hamlet, which is the black, white, red four-poster bed. It was his first big box office success in 1962, followed by roles in films such as The Last Ride to Santa Cruz and Uncle Tom's Cabin, Three Men in the, in the Snow. He switched to TV in the 70s and is probably best known as the German voice of Scar in 1994's The Lion King and its 1988, 1998 sequel, The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Fritsch appeared in two Euro Westerns, The Last Ride to Santa Cruz in 63 as Carlos and Legend of the Gunfighter, 64 as Chris Harper. Fritsch was also the voice of Eli Wallach in the deleted scenes of the restored version of The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That's the German version. Uh, birthdays this week. Sergio Salima would have been 100 on the 17th. Michael Forrest turns 92 on the 17th. Jane Mansfield would have been 88 on the 19th. Daniel Vargas would have been 99 on the 20th. Mark Damon turned 88 on the 22nd. And Gene Collins, the guy who played Babra in Kelly's Heroes, turned 89 today. He was in The Ugly Ones, Pancho Villa, and about four other spaghetti westerns. I uh, also want to do a quick shout out to Tom Prickett for his research on Guy Madison that I helped him with for his book on spaghetti Western actors, which I used quite a bit for this one. Thanks very much. That's the end of the news for the week. Wow. The weekly news by the one and only Tom Betts. So anyway, I want to thank all of you for joining us on this episode. I want to remind you that we archive the best of there's about 12 of it 12 of them up so far and probably have 20 up uh soon uh, of the of the 47 that we've done and it's uh our interviews with robert woods or brett halsey uh, our take on garco and mario brega how long so, is the dean reed one going to be like three minutes <laughs> <laughs> that's right the dean reed one was censored by unknown forces i had to cut, get my lawyer on the phone and now we're good. But uh, anyway, uh, next week we'll be discussing the career of the one and only John Ireland, Tom. That's right. Uh, hate is hate. God is God. <laughs> what, what are the name <laughs> of his titles? Uh, he arrives. He was in. The Gatling Gun. Yeah. Right? Satan's yep. Cheerleaders. Dead for a Dollar. Go for Broke. Blood River. We All are for no, one. Your, your favorite, We Are No Angels. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Anyway, for the great Tom Betts, who always says what? Adios, amigos. Tom says adios, amigos. And I always say uh, adios, compañeros. And we'll see you next week on the Once Upon a Time in Spaghetti Westerns podcast. Join us next time on the Spaghetti Westerns podcast. Adios, compañeros. Adios, compañeros.